They told me for years there was no money in podcasting. Well, they were all wrong. This is an ambiguous podcast solutions original podcast. A podcast years in the making. Centered around You're listening to Talking with Tarasha with your host and founder of Ambiguous Podcast Solutions, Will Tarashuk. Join Will and his guests as they talk about anything and everything under the sun. Now, without further ado, let's do this. Yes, I know I have gray hair. Ladies and gentlemen, hello again. My name is Will Tarashuk, the founder of Ambiguous Podcast Solutions, back for another episode of Talking with Tarashuk. Of course, I am Will Tarashuk, hence the name of the podcast. This is the podcast where I talk to anyone genuinely I find interesting, anyone I feel like worth talking to about their story, what they do, what they don't do, what they want to do, anything in between. So today I am talking to a life coach. I talk to a lot of life coaches because all of them are very, very different. Sean Huber is joining us today. Sean is a certified high-performance coach. He helps entrepreneurs achieve success without compromising their physical and mental health in the process. So that's the fun twist. He is also a certified hypnotherapist, which is another twist. So we have plenty of twists and turns in this podcast, Sean, and I am so excited. Welcome to the show, my friend. It's very nice to meet you. Appreciate it, man. I'm looking forward to this, definitely. All right. So I guess my first question to you is take me all the way back, introduce yourself, where you're from, who you are, what you do, just introduce yourself to the world. Okay, I appreciate it. So my name is Sean Huber. I was born in a small town in Massachusetts called Granby, Mass. It was about 2,000 people at the time back then. Lived there until I was about 11 years old. My dad was an electrician, got a job with IBM. They, IBM, I've been moved. He moved us to Florida to a town called Wellington, which was getting pretty popular at the time. So I moved from a town of 2000 to a high school of 2000. So a big, huge shock from the different weather to the different things going on. Started with high school, um, had some great friends, did some really cool things in high school, had a teacher who was, hey, do you want to get into this male cheerleading thing. We have co-ed cheerleading. I'm like, what is this all about? We had in our school for about 15 years, co-ed cheerleading. I'm like, okay, whatever. I started working out at 12. So I was in lifting weights and doing stuff. Okay. Met some of the cheerleaders, tried out for it, got onto the team. Um, we competed, went to nationals in Dallas, Texas. And for the first time ever in the school's history, we won nationals. So we got some fame to our school, winning nationals as cheerleaders. Really, I started understanding how standing in front of a large group of people could be exceptionally terrifying mm-hmm. and at the same time, exceptionally motivating because mm-hmm. you're getting people fired up. They're following along with you. But if people see a weakness, they'll go for it, which is interesting. So the actual fans would come and watch the cheerleaders because the football team wasn't that great. It wasn't their fault. And the funny part was a lot of the football players helped us out during our national competition and joined us to be cheerleaders. So Fast forward to that, went to college for exercise science and wellness, started at Palm Beach Community College and went to Florida Atlantic, wanted to become a physical therapist, didn't have a 4.0. I transferred in as a junior. I had so many other classes to make up. I'm like, you know what? The program isn't designed the way I'm looking for it. 
it was an exercise science and wellness. You're doing dual programs, business and pre-med. I'm like, I'm not into this. Mm -hmm. So instead of just quitting it all, I went in and became a massage therapist, went to school for that for a year. That was actually harder than college with the courses they were teaching us. Figured out that by working on people, you have this muscle connection with memory where you're releasing memories. Say something drastic happens to them and you touch that muscle. They have all this emotional release from it. Thought that was interesting. Started doing that as a living a lot of the people I was working on were asking me about working out. I did it for fun. So I became a certified personal trainer. Love that. Did that for 25 years, massage for 18. And while I was doing that, I got diagnosed with a stage three testicular cancer. So cancer hits me. I'm in great shape. The crazy thing was I asked a friend of mine who was a urologist, hey, can you check this out? He goes, I think you just may hurt yourself working out. Don't worry about it. So right. a year later, we go in for routine surgery. He's like, they had to stop in the middle of the surgery. The entire staff left the operating room to collect themselves because they had no idea what they were going to run into. And they personally knew me. So he comes back out after the surgery is done and says, hey, man, you had cancer. I'm like, shit happens. He's like, did you actually hear me? I'm like, yeah, what do you want me to do about it? Yeah. What do we do now? He's like, I think we got it all. You're fine. I got Larry Einhorn as my doctor from the University of Indiana. That was Lance Armstrong's doctor. The craziest thing was I was reading Lance Armstrong's book two weeks before I got diagnosed. Huh. So I go through, get diagnosed. I'm stage 3C, almost stage 4 cancer. They create a protocol. I lose 45 pounds, go through chemo for 45 or for four, four months. At the same time, I'm doing alternative medicine with chemotherapy. They're like, you can't do that. I'm like, why not? They told me my diet didn't matter. I'm like, yeah, it does. When I was in infusion where they give you all the chemotherapy drugs, everyone's like, why do you have so many doctors? I'm like, I don't. Those are actually my clients. They're like, what? I said, man, you don't realize how stressed out people are generally when it comes to the medicine they're dealing with, the amount of people that are you know, injured and around them, they take on all their emotional stress. So when all that was said and done, they came back to me, they're like, something's up. You don't have any scar tissue. I'm like, what do you mean I don't have any scar tissue? They're like, you're supposed to have scar tissue. You don't have any, what did you do? So I actually changed the protocol for that particular cancer at that hospital, which was great. So fast forward, I meet, my wife now we're dating. My mom says to her, says to me, did you tell her you can't have children because chemotherapy makes you sterile? I'm like, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we get married and we make a decision. Let's try to see what we can do to have a child. They didn't have a particular protocol. Now I was also on testosterone because having testicular cancer, your testosterone is lower. We'll get back to that, how that works. Right. I had to create a protocol because my energy level was so low coming off this testosterone. I couldn't keep myself up. Coffee was tearing my stomach up. So I went in and started looking at what are the alternatives. Well, I found a couple articles on Adderall and how it worked. Go to the primary care physician. She's like, I can't prescribe that. I'm like, but the five-year-old and the 10-year-old kid you have it on, it's okay. Yeah, all so kids, you know, give me kids on Adderall, how many students on Adderall? Yeah. College, Adderall was flying around and like they, they were Tic So I had to go to a psychiatrist to get Adderall. So I write up huh. how I'm going to do this. I walk into her office. She goes, what you're here. What are you here for? I said, here's the protocol. 
She's like, wow, you've done a lot of research. This is interesting. I'm like, yeah. So she's like, you have to come once a month. We have to have a conversation. I'm like, okay. I would go in there. We'd talk about her husband. It was hilarious. I had no reason to go there except to get a prescription filled. Went through the protocol, took a bunch of supplements again. My wife, we find out she gets pregnant. We took five pregnancy tests because we're like, really? This worked that quick. I call my parents up to let them know, hey, you're going to be a grandparent. They're like, did you get a new puppy? Like, <laughs> seriously? No, really? Then my grandfather goes, you sure it's not your roommates? I'm like, are you kidding me? Oh, God. Oh, God. But, honestly, you know, honestly, Sean, my parents would do the exact same thing. Like, oh, my, my whole family would do literally the exact same thing. So I guess that's just, that's a full-blown miracle. It has to be some sort of miracle. Oh, yeah, it is. And, and again, my daughter is 11 years old now, completely, amazingly healthy, greatest kid in the world. And it's funny how I say this because some people take it wrong, but because of the protocol and the supplements I took and the mindset work I was doing, I helped five other women who tried to do the in vitro, the other things. They did the protocol I put them on. They all got pregnant. Because mm. as we know, if something's stressed out in the wild, it won't allow itself to get pregnant because the hormones are imbalanced. It's the same thing. Yeah. As a human, you have to be in the right environment to make everything in your body work correctly. Right. Now, I got into quote, life coaching back then, because I thought it quite interesting through the massage and the personal training, where the motivated people were. Why were some people much better than others? I got to work with some amazing coaches as a massage therapist. I worked with UNC Women's Soccer Program. The most winningest coach in all of sports period was Anson Dorrance. I got to be around and flown to all their national championships for four years. Got to meet some amazing athletes helped a couple of them get to the Olympics and win gold medals. It was it, like, it's mind blowing. And the only difference with athletes and other people is the way they're thinking about what they're doing, the belief that they can accomplish it. So I got certified as a coach because I knew that that would help out my personal training clients. So I start using it. I went from a 20% success rate to up to a 50% success rate. Now this was through this um, certification that wasn't so extensive, but it was good. They didn't have a lot of certifications back then. The yeah, how, how does how does that work? Like, how do you how do you become a certified high performance lights coach? Like life coach? Are you are you officially? So this was just a normal certification back then. So I would go to online. I, I would go in person to do some classes. Uh-huh. We'd have to bring in people. She would teach us about all the aspects of what coaching is, what coaching isn't. We're not therapists in any way when it came to like a psychologist or a clinical therapist that you're going to see. We ask questions and we help the client find the answer themselves by asking deeper questions so they can come up with better answers. That's it. Okay. So we ask better questions. So, so are, are you licensed by like the state? What? Like No, no. So in a certification, it's all over. It's it's there's no licensure. So when it's by state, it's usually a license in the state. Okay. There's no license for it. But and there are a lot of people who are doing coaching who've never been even through a certification before. Right. So I at least had a background in a certification back then. Got once my daughter was born, I realized that waking up at five o'clock and working till eight o'clock at night, I wasn't gonna be around. So I'm like, what can I do? And I decided to go into coaching full time. My wife was a high school teacher at the time. She didn't want to go back to the classroom. 
So I went and took another certification with the same instructor I first went through. She loved the teaching process as a high school teacher. So she really gravitated towards coaching very well. She got hired by this high-end, very well-known coach. We moved out to Santa Barbara, California, didn't know anyone, went out there. Talk about sticker shock when it came to prices out there. Mm-hmm. Learned a lot, learned how to make a lot of money. My wife wrote all the programs for him, made that coach in one year over $7 million for someone else. So we're like, why are we doing this for someone else? Let's do it for ourselves. We didn't feel like running our business out of California. Our family's on the East Coast. We've moved, we get in our cars, pack up, we make a week to 10 day vacation about it, had a great time. We're like, where do you want to live? Because you got a laptop, you can live anywhere. Thinking about Nashville, Tennessee, didn't want to go back to necessarily North Carolina. So we picked Florida. Came here, got to see the East Coast, wife didn't like it, saw the West Coast of Florida, fell in love with it, found a great school for our daughter. We set roots here. Started doing coaching full-time at that point. We had a business that's called Structured Freedom because in your life, I believe you have to have structure to have freedom. Then while I was doing that, I got certified by a guy named Brenda Burchard. He's got a company that they produce a certification called the High Performance Academy. This is 10 times more intense than anything I've ever been through. It's you, you go for five days nonstop, It's an advanced certification. He's got a formula that you follow. There's structure to it. I liked it a lot. It was easy to follow with my background and 10 years of coaching already. And I'm like, there's something missing. I want to go a little bit deeper. So I added in hypnosis because I realized that the consciousness, what we're talking about right now, it's very limited short-term memory, no emotions involved, very analytical. We're trying to figure things out. Subconscious does numerous things at one time. You're from your heart rate to your reflexes, to your blood pressure, everything's done by that. All your emotions are stored there. And then in between there, you've got something that's called filters. Filters are from usually zero to 10 years old. The religious background you have, how your parents viewed money, your influence from your friends and your family, all these things impact you. And you're just a sponge at that age. So you're absorbing all this information and you've got to be like, so the way I look at people call it money, I'm like internal value. I can go in, in a hypnosis session, have someone detach himself emotionally from a traumatic event, recognize that the event still happened, but not have the emotional portion of it where, you know how people say they get triggered, their heart rate's elevated, they go into a panic attack. You can actually remove that through hypnosis. The thing is, the person has to want to be hypnotized for it to work. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen like, you know, in high school when we graduated or like the before graduation, um, we had a hypnotist come and like, you know, on stage doing, doing silly things with kids. It's hilarious. And they're all professional hypnotists who do that. But like, you know, they they bring people on stage and I remember Sean Cody is laughing and he's like, get out. I can't, you you can't be hypnotized. No, it is. It is a very real thing. And it's, it's true. If you don't want to be hypnotized, you're not going to be hypnotized. And again, what people think about hypnosis is you can't move around. You can, you can actually lie under hypnosis better than you can. Like we are right now. Huh? How does that work? I'm not sure. It's just one of those (laughs) things. Think about a five and a 10 year old kid. They make up lies. They exaggerate. That's what, 
So our reality is actually in our brain. It's not what's around us. Our past is not really tangible. Right. It's just memories. Yeah. So each time we access a memory, we can actually alter it a little bit. And sometimes we do. Right. Like we might not remember all the details or someone might say something to us and it triggers another detail that maybe wasn't even there. So that's why they won't allow hypnosis to be used in courtrooms anymore with kids because they can lie more under oath and they don't realize they're doing it. So I took like all this, created a program called The Mental Mechanics. And what I use is my background from the supplements I took, the exercise, understanding how the body moves, what movement does for the body, be it positive or negative. Realize that actually the most important thing is recovering. So not only did I go through cancer, but I challenged myself in a tough mudder race. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's 12 miles long. There's 24 obstacles. I'm at mile eight with my friends. Gotta love to have friends who are special forces and Delta force guys. So they're like pushing me to do stuff. There's this giant circular hay bale. Try to jump it. Didn't make it. Okay. I'm backing up. I push off as hard as I can. My knee explodes and sounds like a shotgun going off. Everyone looks and like, what the hell was that? My kneecaps flopping in the air. I thought I dislocated it. I'm in the middle of South Carolina, 40 degrees. There's 30,000 people. And my wife is there. My daughter at that time was one and a half. Mm. So they put me in this little cart. These medics that are in this military there, they help me out. They get me in the cart. They wrap me in a blanket. I'm going in shock. They take me to this podunk little hospital. My wife drives me there. I'm screaming bloody murder because it's painful as hell. The guy's like, dude, you're screwed. <laughs> like, thanks. I'm like, hmm, I'm going to call my client. This guy's named Jeff. He's the orthopedic surgeon for UNC's football team at the time. Call him up. He's like, hold on, Sean. We just beat NC State or in-state rivalry. I'm in the locker room. He steps outside. I tell him what happens. He's like, I got you, man. Halloween, your surgery, because you have to have surgery quick because the tendon will shrink. So, What a quad tendon is, is attached right above your kneecap. When that explodes, the muscles in the front of your leg go up like a window shade up your leg. Yeah. I don't don't even want to think about it. (laughs) I don't want to think about it. They had to tie cables to that tendon, put two holes in my knee, crank that sucker down, and then tie it off and reconstruct my knee, which he did. They forgot to give me painkillers after the surgery, so it was wearing off as I was going home, so I got the full pain oh god i went through now this is crazy i went through 100 oxycontin in five days wow i never got addicted to it but that stuff makes you itchy and twitch and made me sick i slept in a recliner because i couldn't get upstairs in my house yeah i was back at work in 10 days with a full leg brace on doing personal training because i had to that's that's crazy Oh, dude, it's totally crazy. Yeah. But I realized my mind could have kept my ass in that chair and babied it or I get back to work. Yeah. I, I, I do, I do think there is something that whole, that whole like mind power, if you believe it, if you try, if you believe it hard enough, you can do it to, 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 to some extent. In some sense, it's like, okay, it's a little too crazy. But then you hear a story like that. It's like, no, you really can train your mind to do oh, certain yeah. things that are superhuman. So is, is that is that what you do as a life coach? You help people train their minds physically and mentally? Yeah, and, and the thing that's interesting is the success that I've had with people, it blows their mind away. They're like, if you would have told me 
that we were going to do this when we started, I would have said, you're crazy. I'm like, why? Because most people aren't ever challenging themselves and right. being held accountable. They'll hustle and grind, but then they're sick and they burn out. Yeah. You don't want to do that. So after that injury, it put a lot of stress on my other side of my body. Dude, 45 years old, I have a hip replacement already. Mm. So it's because of the wear and tear. And I could push myself so hard at the gym that I would work through, quote, the pain and be the tough guy. But the reality of it was I was causing damage because I wasn't listening to my physical self. So now what I love to do with people is like, let's sit down and see what works in your life. And let's make that work actually better than what it's doing right now before we start adding all these things to it. Because what you like to do for exercise and eating is completely different than someone else. So right. I actually have to ask those questions to see, okay, why do you eat the way you eat? Well, my grandmother used to make food like this, or we didn't have money, so I grabbed this, or I don't like to cook. I'm like, okay, I need to know where you're at. Let's improve that first. Now, the craziest thing to all this is when you're creating these programs for people, I'm like, listen, we're going to adjust this as we go because you who you are today, I want a baseline. But right. in three weeks, you're going to be completely different. Especially if, you change, is, especially if you change your diet. Right. But people yeah. do cycles and they come mm -hmm. up, they yo-yo, they go down, they come up, they gain weight, they lose weight. They think positive, they, they, they think negative. They make yep. more money, they lose the money. Yep. Why is there this cycle? I help disrupt and break that cycle. Now, here's the craziest thing. Because of what I've been doing, I'm tuned into what happens with my body. I'm very sensitive to like stress and things going on and supplements. So I don't need a lot of anything to make it work well or be aware of something. So eight weeks ago, I feel a little like tight from working out, feeling off. I'm like something's not going right. That was on a Monday. By Thursday, my wife and I are going to the gym. We dropped my daughter off at school. Well, actually, I don't think she was at, she wasn't at school yet didn't start. So we're driving to the gym and I'm like, you know, I don't feel right. We need to go home. She's like, what's wrong? I'm like something's not right. Like my, I'm cramping up in my back. Like I was the other day. And my chest is really sore over here near my shoulder from working out. It's like, something's not right. I just want to go home and relax. So we get in, pull back into the driveway, go to the bedroom. I'm like, something's not right. And she's like, do you need to go to the hospital? And you know, as a guy, we're like, yeah, I'll just sit here rest. I'm like, you know what? Something's not right. Let's go. Yeah. So now COVID going on, right? No one can go in the damn hospital with you. You're by yourself. Hmm. So I pull up and I'm getting a little lightheaded. Could be anxiety. I don't know what the hell it is. Chest is muscles cramping up. I've had that happen once before. They get me into this little wheelchair. I tell them what's going on. They're not in a rush to do a damn thing because there's people in there. They're like, what's your symptoms? I told them like, okay, hold on. They take me in and they hook me up to an EKG. The guy's like, oh, looks pretty normal. Then they do this blood test and they're looking for this particular enzyme. I'm like, okay. They're like, you're having a heart attack. I'm like, what? I mean, I thought great shape. Yeah. So from going from a muscle cramp to having a heart attack, they're like, there's this, I can't remember the name of it, but there's this enzyme and it's elevated in you right now. I'm like, okay. So bingo, I get wheeled in right away. They didn't give me a COVID test right away, so I had to wait to get a COVID test. I think they touched my brain twice with that stupid thing. 
they get me, they get me a room. I go to get into the room. They're like, nope, chest x-rays. I'm like, okay. They do an ultrasound in my heart. Okay. They're like, you're going in to do a cardio catheterization. They're like, shave your groin area and your wrist. I'm like, okay, what the hell is this for? They pop a hole in my wrist right here and they go in with a catheterization to my heart and I'm awake when this is going on. They, they, I'm in twilight. They put, a, they put a pump from your wrist to your heart. Why don't they just go into your chest? Like it's getting because yeah, no. your pulse? Well, I don't know. They go through the <laughs> artery and they go up with oh, this okay. camera and this cord, this wire all the way to your heart. And the doctor, like I'm in twilight so I can see the camera, what the hell's going on, sort of. He's got my wrist strapped down. He goes, oh, you got two blockages. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, um, we're going to have to put stints in. You've got this and this. I don't remember any of this stuff. So that was at 3.45. I'm back in my room at 4.30. My wife then is allowed up into my room because it's not the emergency room. I'm eating dinner, hanging out. I'm like, so what was blocked? The doctor comes in. He goes, you have this artery that's 99% blocked. It's called the Widowmaker. That usually kills you. You're alive. <laughs> He goes, then this other one was 87% blocked. I'm like, he's like, do you have cardiovascular problems in your family? I'm like, no. I'm like, what's going on? He goes, it could be stress-related. You could have high cholesterol. It could just be what it is, genetics. Have you ever seen the amount of people who work out and they run and they just drop dead of a heart attack? That could have been me. That's yeah. how severe this was. The craziest part is he goes, you have zero heart damage. We don't usually see that. You're having a heart attack and you don't have any heart damage. So they put you on all these meds. I meet the doctor and it's his, her, his assistant, female. She's great. She's like, okay, you're, you go back to doing what you're doing. I'm like, what do you mean I can go back to doing what I'm doing? Take these meds. If you don't take them, you'll die. I'm like, okay, I'll be taking the meds. And now what? So between that outing and now I've been back to the ER twice because they didn't explain what these meds would do. They freak you out. And the hospital's down the street. I already made my deductible, so it doesn't cost me anything more. But I figured out the medications. Thank God my next-door neighbor is a retired cardiac surgeon. So he helps me out. But I feel 10 times better than I did before the heart attack. And I didn't realize all these things that were going on with me, getting tired, weird temperatures were caused by this blockage that could have been building up for the last three years. Uh -huh. So being that I can do some hypnosis on myself to relax my stress levels, I can take my blood pressure, bring it down, the medication helps. I realize right now that there's so many people out there that are stressed out because they've been isolated. All these things are happening that coaching with hypnosis gets the best results for people. Yeah. I also volunteer my time with a group called Mission 22. The 22 stands for 22 veterans who commit suicide a day in the United States. So I do fundraisers with them, sell shirts, talk about our programs that work on gut health, the supplements. I connected Mission 22 with a supplement company. That's helped out these veterans greatly. I'm always trying to reach out, help people as much as I can, you know, make a paycheck too at the same time. My wife right. says, of course, of course, well. of course. But when it really came down to it, man, it's like all these things happen for a reason. And one of my clients goes, you pain in the ass. You were calling me from your hospital bed, telling me you had to postpone our session by three days. 
I didn't realize you had a heart attack. I'm like, why were you supposed to? There's a picture of me doing a video and there's a video up on Facebook. They're like, you're smiling. I said, I'm alive. Yeah. I got an 11 year old daughter. That's a miracle that I didn't want to leave without a father. I've got an amazing wife and business partner that I'm not leaving. I've got too much to do in this world right now. Right. So it's my choice to decide how I want to deal with this situation. I'm choosing being positive. I'm choosing to teach people to how to take better care of their health and how to just make a bigger impact on the world because we have a small amount of time on this planet, man. And if you're just going through the motions, sometimes you just maybe need to talk to someone about what you're really passionate about turn it into a job or a career of some form and just go out there and make some huge impacts in the world. Because as you know, and I know right now, this place is very stressful and people need to see some hope in the world. Definitely. It's also very lonely. It's a very, yeah, it's a very exactly. lonely world out there. It's hard. It's hard to like exist right now because there's so much going on all at once, all the time. And it's kind of hard to see the forest through the trees Exactly. So like I, I like I like the hypnotism thing because mm -hmm. I think like I've never been actually been hypnotized. Uh I, I'm afraid to ask if you can do it virtually. <laughs> oh, hey, the craziest part is when I went through the certification, my instructor for it never did virtual hypnosis because she was always an in-person. Right. We started doing it. It works great because people can put their headphones on, they can be in their own house where they're a little bit more comfortable. The only thing I ask people to do is when I'm doing it with them, just to turn away their chair from the camera. So when I bring them up, they don't open their eyes and I'm staring at them. So yeah, 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 yeah. that makes sense. So do you have any, any pain in your body right now? Right now? No, but okay. every now and then like, so like it's a, it's a crazy story. Like I, I separated my shoulder. So like okay. my, my collarbone is in place, but my shoulder blade is permanently drooped. Okay. Uh, it's just like one of those college stories. <laughs> so, um, luckily there was no nerve damage. I have full strength, but every now and then I'll be wake up and be like, Ooh, that's going to be arthritis in 10 years. Yeah. You can do quick, uh, pain hypnosis. I did it with a client. I did it online in a group of people. I asked, we do some group coaching. There's a woman I said, Hey, who's got some pain. And she's like, um, one lady raised her hand. She had a chronic hamstring problem. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay. So let's do a quick visualization work. I said, close your eyes. I want you to visualize where this pain's located. She's like, okay. She's never been hypnotized before. I'm like, okay, now I want you to tell me the size, the color, the shape, and the texture of this pain. And it doesn't matter if it's whatever. And she opens her eyes and I have her take a look at it, a foot in front of her, describe it. So you have to, you know, get in your head and become creative. Take it out six feet, take it out a hundred feet, take it out a thousand feet. I said, now I want you to get rid of it. You can bury it, burn it, explode it. I don't care whatever you do with it. Do it now. She's like, okay, it's gone. How's the pain? Because there's no pain. Yeah. Like, and I'm not setting this up. So she goes and she does CrossFit. And she goes, this is the first time in years that I don't feel this hamstring. And to this day, it's been about eight months. She still doesn't feel it. Now, the crazy thing was because she believed it so much, she's like, hey, can I do some more sessions? I'm like, sure. Now, the thing is, when you do hypnosis, whatever that person wants to work on, that's how the hypnosis is going to work. Right. So we call it a pre-talk. The person talks. You're actually relaxing them then. You get them ready to do their hypnosis session. 
I didn't realize this woman had insomnia for over eight years. After we did our first session, she had the best night of her sleep in eight years. Like, she's like, you cured me. I'm like, no, you cured you. I just guided you along and I helped your mind remove the blocks that were in place. Yeah, I, pre- I helped, I helped you press smoking. the right buttons in the brain. Right. Yeah, so I help people smoke, I help people weight loss. I've helped people quadruple 10X their businesses like crazy because the factor that usually gets in the way is us. Yeah. So when you remove yourself and then you start to realize to build whatever you want to build, you can't do it by yourself. You start feeling more comfortable bringing people in. And that has a lot to do with the belief system you have of needing control. Because say, for example, you're building up this podcast and it gets huge. And then you're like, I need to hire people but I don't want to screw it up because they can screw it up, but I need control over it. So hypnosis goes in and it's not that you're going to lose control. It's not the what if negative, it's the what if positive. Now you get to bring people in and explode it because we take the stress off of you and you get to focus on what you enjoy doing the most. Yeah. Hiring people so is, hiring people is a good thing. I mean, I can't wait to hire people. I, wait, I can't wait till I can afford to hire people. Cause right now it's like, you know, we are a very ambiguous podcast solutions is a very young startup made by four kids who met in college, three kids met in college. Right. right. And like, um, we're in the early stages and we're all broke. Like we're, we're all right. broke. So like this, the stress is on. We're in a stage of, okay, we need to do everything ourselves. So I can't wait to so lift that burden. That word. What does broke mean to you? Broke means, well, I mean, I have money, right? I, I, I still, I still okay, work a separate job. I, I, me personally, I am not broke. Okay. So, so that's what you have to realize that words actually become things in our subconscious. So when you say, hey, we're not making a, a huge profit yet. We may be in the red. We're working on going to the black. Yeah. That's a better way of saying we're broke, right? It's a it's a lot of it's a lot of setup. It takes a lot to set up a business specifically around podcasting because you gotta get like all the production elements so there. You got Joe when, okay, Joe Rogan's the essential, amazing guy who Yeah, he's he's like the gold him. standard, if you will. I put that in quotes. Right. So how did he do it? Literally, I'm glad you brought up Joe Rogan because he's like my guru. Um right. he just he literally started with Brian Redband just on a on a chat board session answering questions from fans. That's yep. all he did on a couch. And then it naturally grew from there. And it was but, all organic. But but again, the one thing that he did was he was consistent. He was consistent and he was true to himself. Right. And so that's really, we as human beings go off this thing called emotion right. where we get motivated. Motivation isn't really motivation. It's emotional rise. Yes. So we're motivated. We're feeling good about ourselves. And then we start mm-hmm. to come down. We get depressed. We... You have self-doubt. That's where hypnosis jumps in and gets rid of all the crap. It's like, hey, man, just show up, do your thing. People will be there. How can you say that? How can I not say that? Because the people who finally allowed me to work with them, the most they've ever made in a month, took their business from 400 clients to 4,000 in less than a year, got engaged, got married, bought a new house, bought a new car, and did all this in less than three months and was broke as a joke being in the red with their business, and now is a millionaire in less than a year. How does that happen? Because there's so many resources around us, when we start using negative language, it starts limiting our belief system, and it honestly physically puts blinders on us so we're not seeing what's around us. Because this thing that you're doing right now, 
is going to impact someone. Yeah. I would have hesitated, which is going to sound strange, with reaching out to a few people I've reached out to because they made a post on Facebook, had no idea who they were. They were in a group. I had two guys, and I'm not joking, say to me, before I talked to you, there was a gun on the table. You called, and I picked up the phone. I'm like, so what are you saying? I was about to end my life. So if I wouldn't have had the guts to say, if I would say, well, you know, this guy's going to think I'm bothering or trying to sell him something. What am I doing? Okay, I'll just wait. No. There's something internally, like why I went to the damn ER for the heart attack. Uh. Why do I call these people? There's something that connects all of us. Call it the human spirit, call it the soul, whatever you want, an energy that surrounds us. You've been to probably a concert or a football game. When you get like-minded people together, that energy rises up. Yep. You can create that actually. Yeah. If at a certain time, at a certain day that people want to do a mass prayer or do some hypnosis together, you can create a synergistic effect. It's crazy how it works. So I noticed something and made these calls and these guys are like, dude, you saved my life. I'm like, I just interrupted something that wasn't going to go your way. You're saving your life right now. And that's the whole crazy thing about this world. Like, why'd you reach out to me? There's a reason I'm on this podcast. Maybe it's just for you and I to have a conversation or it could be something much bigger or the start of something new. But unless we explore it, we're never going to know. Yeah. Well, that's why I, that's why I, I, the first question, one of the first ones I asked before we start is, do you have a podcast? Because a podcast is such a great networking tool. Like there was, there are multiple, multiple reasons why I do this podcast as well as the ambiguous podcast solution where I talk to podcasters. Um, yes, it's a networking tool. It's a way for you to get to know my business. It's a way for me to get you on your business. It's a way to see if we can match up. But also the main reason I podcast is for personal growth. I, right. I podcast for personal growth because this conversation we're having me listening to you and bouncing back and forth, this really builds my interpersonal communication skills with people. So when I go right. to a networking event in the city or I do like a local meet and greet in Hoboken, it's just like, it's so much easier for me to talk to strangers yeah. and it's, Practice, just, it's yeah, and it's clicks and it's just like, I genuinely like hearing people's perspectives. Like I like hearing a story of it's like, wow, I beat a heart attack right? Or some guy yesterday I was talking to um, who works in Houston, Texas with, with schools. He's like a, he's like one of those guest speakers talks about, you know, building better men for little kids. Like that stuff is really great to talk to. I talked to some guy in New Zealand who was an amazing guy I talked to. I talked to some guy who um, was the one of the very first podcasters. He started podcasting in 2006 really? to me, which was like, I have so much I want to ask you. And like even doing right. these podcasts, I find myself more curious in real life. I'm asking more questions to a bunch of people in real life. I want to learn more skills. And I get to go to my boss like, hey, I want to learn more to help my job better and as well as make my business better. All that comes from podcasting. That's how it should be. And, and, you know, I've helped people transition from, you know, marriages or careers. And I always tell them, listen, you got to leave being the best at what you're doing. Yep. Because that energy is what you're going to take into the next thing you do. Because otherwise you're taking all the crap with you. It's like, why does a person leave a bad relationship and they think they start a great relationship and it's just like the other one? Because they didn't 
put 100% effort into that relationship. And granted, you put 100% in, it still doesn't work, or the other person's not into it. You can walk away feeling confident. You did everything perfect. So now you're ready for that next relationship that's been waiting for you. And I know a lot of guys who are intimidated by successful women because why do they need me? Like, it's not that they need you. They want you. When they're that successful, they get yeah. what they want. They don't need. The big thing about life is I don't work with people who need me anymore. I only part work with people who want to work with me. Yeah. And there's a different level of energy when you start doing that. Like, I never left my friends or left my old clients. I just moved on to other people. I still communicate with them, but I'm focused over here. Is there anything wrong with that? No, because we all are evolving in some frame or fashion. We just have to decide how are we going to get there? Is it going to be by trying to pull people along with us or is it going to be people reaching out to us to help us that we're like, hey, here's an opportunity. Let's go. Yeah. And that's what I look for is opportunity. No, that's very relatable because like one thing we offer here at APS is like podcast mentoring or coaching and me from a production, from a production background, I can teach you a lot about, you know, how to host a podcast, like how to make a good intro, how to formulate questions, how to edit, how to like write a description. But at the same time, it's just like, I want you in and out. My goal is to make sure you don't need these because I want to make sure you can do it by yourself because- that's that's the only way to podcast, really. Like, I learned all by myself. I, I had some training from school, like how to use technical things. Right. But in terms of podcasting, I learned from doing and I learned from listening. And the goal is to make, listen, you go through this and we meet like maybe four or five times and bye, go do it. Yeah, we, my wife and I had a podcast about two years ago. We did it for a complete year. I think we had like 50 episodes, something crazy like that. We did... She didn't like do like I'm a free talker. She likes to have a schedule. So she started her own a couple of weeks ago. I'm going to be going into and calling it the mental mechanic where love it. How I came up with this, this is going to sound crazy. I, I, I love cars. I think cars are extensions of people's personalities. Hmm. Um, you look at the guys that drive Mustangs and the guys that drive Chevys and Corvettes. Hmm. And the funniest thing is they look alike. They complain about each other. Then you got the Ferrari guys and the Porsche guys. They're all similar. And you're going, there's certain level of income here, certain things they hate there. I'm like, don't you all just like cars in general? They're like, well, yeah. Said, so why are you against this certain brand? Because people like to have some form of rivalry. People love teams. The team mentality, it's huge. Now, with a certain car, they dress a certain way. They have a certain style with their, like their shoes watches, hairstyles. It is hilarious when you start looking at what people do, where they live, who they talk to. And the craziest thing is the client that grew his business to 4,000 a year, I told him to get a nice car. He's like, for what? I'm like, trust me on this investment. It's going to blow you away and how this works. I said, your clientele for what you do, it's a hormone replacement clinic, is not bodybuilders and fitness people. It's high-end CEOs, entrepreneurs who their hormones are screwed up because they're stressed out. And the doctor's giving them an antidepressant or maybe their testosterone needs to just come up a little bit and some certain things done. So they take them through this whole blood panel. He gets this car. He's like, you understand? I'm like, yeah, I do. It's opened up so many business doors for him because he drives into a dealership 
the dealership that has the high-end cars, those are all his clients. He makes friends with the manager of the dealership. He introduces them to these other guys. They invite them to a car show. He meets his car show. They invite him to this social club that they have. He becomes a member of that. He meets all these people flying all over. He's got investors now. He's like, why did this do this? I said, it opened a door. That's all it did. You're the one who made it happen. Mm -hmm. So remember, there's certain tools that are around us that we just have to, we're not selling out necessarily. We're just opening a door to be in front of someone. So like people are always going, well, this guy's on stage with a t-shirt and jeans or shorts. I'm like, that dude was busting out a suit in the beginning, getting noticed for who he was, putting the grind, the hustle, burned himself out, figured out there was a better way to do it. Now he's doing it his way so he can dress the way he wants. But there's a formula to get noticed, to get in the door at first. And where it first starts is self-confidence. Because we all have this weird thing going on in life called an imposter syndrome. Like, tell me tell me about it. <laughs> when I did personal training, it's like, how are you training these athletes? The strength coach at the university, I didn't, when I was doing massage therapy, I didn't step on his toes, even though I was a personal trainer. So one of the girls, when she graduated college, she came to me and I'm like, do you want, she goes, I want to train with you. I'm like, okay. I just got finished with my cancer stuff. She started working out with me, lost 30 pounds, became stronger, faster. Like I said, went to the Olympics, won a gold medal. She got married, went to an amazing wedding, got to meet all these professional women soccer players and other people in their lives. The coolest thing about it was she went back to the college and the strength coach goes, who you been training with? And she told him my name. And, he's, and he called me up. He goes, Sean, what have you been doing? I said, why do women soccer players need to train like men? They're not men. They don't need to squat 315 pounds. They need to do higher repetitions, more compound movements, so they can think clear as they're constantly moving. I go, she's faster and stronger than she's ever been, and she's lighter, and her attitude for the game is better. So he started training the girls this way so much better. Yeah. Because huh. a lot of times we're so afraid to go outside the box because we don't want to screw things up or we think it might not work as well. You have to have the confidence to do something different than everyone else. And at first when you start doing it, people are going to think you're crazy. This isn't going to work. But then you realize that people are copying you. They're adapting to what you're doing. So to be cutting edge... It's risky, but that's the fun in it is developing like me adding these different things together and adding hypnosis to coaching and getting results. There may be some people doing it, but they're not doing it my way. Yeah. And I'm not doing it by myself. I use the hormone clinic for blood work for my clients. I've got supplement companies that I use. So I recruit all different experts and I don't feel threatened by them because I know people need more than me to become as successful as they want to become. Finding an identity can be so hard for people. It can take it can take literal years. It can take right. years. Like, uh, it took me a long time to find my personality and to really click and be okay with who I was. But right. as soon as I did, never looked back. Yeah, never, the, the never looked back. Trying to figure out you're not what you do. Yeah, like I, you, and at the same time, though, you got to constantly evolve, right? You got, right. you got, you got to exactly. make, you got to make tweaks. 
Like, um, personally, I loved, I'm in this recliner chair. This is my, it's like, I still comfy check. I, I love podcasting from this chair, but, uh, right. Jared just, Jared's my business, the business partner for APS. And he's just like, well, you gotta be at a desk. You gotta be like in a nice shirt. I'm like, listen, like it's, it is 7:51 in the evening on a Wednesday. Today's Wednesday. Today's Wednesday, right? This is how I dress at that time. So right. this is how I'm going to podcast because that's just how I do things. Yeah, again, again. <laughs> so, so as as a coach, I would ask you questions about it. All right, go for I it. Mean, ask, ask away. So, so, like, I like the chair. Could you accent the chair with a drop on it? Put something that act that brings out your personality more than just a brown chair. Could you drape like a, a flag or do some accents on it with a shirt you have? Could you have different colors that you branding that then you can sell like? That is one of your podcasts, but not yeah. the podcast you're doing right now, right? right. So Correct. you branded it and then said, hey, you guys are interested in one of these cool limited shirts. I've got them over on my website. So it's constantly looking at it. Then he's like, hey, you know what? I came out with a collared version that's like, uh, you know, like the, what the tattoo artists wear. They, they look almost yeah. like industrial so you got some something like that, or you now you got a hat or a bandana you got on. I mean, don't so, get me don't get me wrong. All those tweaks will be that one day when I'm in a full studio, you know it's gonna be a full like, backdrop. Yeah, of course. Yeah. As a coach, I would right. add those in before you're comfortable because you're like, well, I want them to get to know me. All we're doing is accentuating your personality through these different quote props. Right. And it's just people are like, oh, I like that shirt, man. That's a cool color. Where can I get it? Or what do you use for your beard? Or what do you put in your hair? People want to know about your personal lifestyle and what you're using. Yep. And that's what successful people realize. Like they don't want to know just what I do. They want to know what I use, like what I do on the weekends. Yep. And when you start to leave, let people into your personal side, they want like, oh, that's a cool product. Oh, you like that? And you're like, wait a minute, I'm making money on t-shirts and some grooming products. And then I find a chair company it likes these giant chairs yep. that I can say, you know, what's good about this chair football. Mm -hmm. I can watch football in my own chair. And then it, then you get custom like designs in the back of your chair that makes it your chair. So there's like, that's how my brain thinks. Well, and, and, just, and the common pushback to yeah. be like, why would someone buy any of this crap? It's like, well, that's not the point. The point is, okay. Right. Like, okay. Why are they buying it? They're not, they're not just buying it. They're buying it from me because right. they trust me. And they're promoting you. And why do they trust me? Because they feel like they know me because I'm talking in a podcast literally in their ears. Correct. My voice is going straight to their brain. You are going to trust people on podcasts. I've bought, I've bought things from podcasts I listen to, and they've been fantastic. And if they suggest me to someone, it would work. Like, I talk to financial people, right? People right. who, like, work in finance. Like, say, like, um, they're selling life insurance. Someone right. tell me they're selling life insurance. I'm like, you need a podcast. They go, I, they go, why? I go, well, because there are podcast people out there who know nothing about life insurance, who sell life insurance because they have a podcast. Like, well, why, right. why would they buy it from me? It's just like, because they don't know you. You just exactly. cold call them on LinkedIn. They're going to know you're trying to sell them something. What are, so you, giving, guy, what are you giving them? Nothing. There's a guy on, on um, TikTok. And, you know, I go on there because I think it's interesting. He's an older gentleman in his 60s. He's a financial advisor. And he gives these crazy quick tips. He goes, my business is blown up because no one in this area is doing this. And these younger people who are making money on cryptocurrencies and investments, they got all this cash sitting around. They don't know what the hell to do with it. Yeah. They see an older guy who's trending. He's got over a million followers. 
And he goes, and then I take those followers and I tell them to go to my website or I tell them to go to Instagram or I tell them to go over here or you can find me on LinkedIn. And he goes, I'm building up this platform and people have to realize that this is the way relationships start yeah. now. Mm -hmm. So if you can be authentic and be genuine and want more for people, you're going to make money eventually. But if you're out there just trying to pitch a sale on someone, eh, you know, that people can here's in the one ear, out the you, other. But, but think about what you just said. You know what that, why that happens? Because our subconscious can pick up the vibrational tone of someone being truthful or lying that we don't recognize in our consciousness. Uh -huh. So, so that's the crazy thing about vibrations and energy that's out there. It's influencing us all the time. And sometimes we're just not aware of it. But like I said, when you're at a concert or you're at, you know, a, a sporting event, you're getting that vibrational energy from people and it feels good. Now, if you're doing a business and you're doing this podcasting and people know you're authentic, they can not only hear it, but they can actually feel it through your voice, the tone of your voice. Yeah. You can't fake that. You no. really can't. No. And like this, this again, for me personally, like I, I am invincible behind the microphone. I am just the most, I am the best version of myself when I do a podcast. And that's why I do like, I'm doing, I'm doing five this week. Five, five, mm -hmm. it's a lot, <laughs> which means I had to take a week off to edit them and do all that other, other crap. But I love doing it. I just, I love talking to it. Like, honestly, honestly, Sean, I had a whole list of questions here about you being a life coach, your clients, your core values, physical health, mental health, all the window, threw all of that out, all that out. And you know what? That's good. That's not a bad thing. Like one thing I tell people doing podcasts, I'm like, yes, be prepared, but be prepared to be unprepared. Like be prepared. To, like if you, if you threw me a bunch of curveballs, bunch of left hooks, I'm just like, great. Let's roll the punches. Let's see where this goes. And it's fantastic. I've had, I've had a great time. I'm a, I'm a little, I'm a little ashamed we have to cut, we have to wrap it up in a few minutes. Um, but definitely reach out to me in the new year. I'm going to have yep. you back. I'm going to have you back on again. We'll just do this whole thing again. And by then this program will be out there and I'll, I've got some really cool things coming. I love what, you know, what biohacking is about. Vaguely, very, very little, but I, I got some products. I'm, I'm open-minded, man. I, I love learning new things. So this stuff just, again, gets you to recuperate faster, better. It gets you to relax, gets rid of stress without the use of a bunch of chemicals. So I'm going to be doing a lot of that. And I, I mean, if you're ever interested, we're starting to have retreats where people come. We talk about these things on a weekend. You get to meet like-minded people in person. There's something about being in person that's still good. Yeah. And we, you know, we make sure everyone's safe and happy that wants to be there and do some great food, have some great conversations. And that's what it, that's what life's about, man, is finding that tribe or that niche group of people that you can use to build yourself bigger and better and want to support you at the same time. So thanks for definitely having me on here, man. And sorry we couldn't get to all those questions. Screw them, Sean. You know what? They weren't that great anyway. <laughs> what we ended up doing was much better because sometimes that's that's just that's just how it works. And I can't wait until one day where I have my own actual studio where like I'm so big I can afford to fly, okay, so, fly so guests I in. Do right now. Give me the date that that's happening right now. Just put it out there. Oh, uh, I have my own studio. It's going to be say twenty uh beginning of twenty twenty four. Okay. So I'm gonna tell you right now, it's gonna be in less than a year. You think so? Less than a year? Oh, I know so. So this so cool. this time in 2022. It's, it's, it's October 6th. I'm going to have my own. Well, we're part with a studio in Montclair, but it's not my studio. It's a partnered again, studio. Again, 
get the detail behind it, start manifesting it, start thinking about it. It's going to show up. It's up to you to pull the trigger on it. God damn right, Sean. It's going to be in Nashville. All right, I'm going to throw that up. It's going to be in Nashville, okay, Tennessee. In Nashville. And here's the crazy thing. I know a ton of people in Nashville I can connect you with that are coaches that would love to be on your podcast. I know voiceover people there. I know some people in the music industry. So I love connecting people to other people. Let me know and let's make this happen, dude. Yeah, man, Nashville, Nashville is going to be a great spot. I am very much looking forward to Nashville, but that is, that is in the future. I still need to focus on today. And today we are going to wrap up this podcast of talking with Tara Shark with my guest, Sean Huber, an incredible human being. Sean, any, any final words you want to say before we go? Anything you want to plug, anything you want to promote? The floor is yours. I mean, you can find me on Facebook, my Personal email is structuredfreedom at gmail.com. My website, seanahuber.com. If you have any questions on any of the stuff that we've talked about today, feel free to reach out. I do have a couple more openings in a program that's pre-launching. If you want to make your life accelerate at a faster rate than you've ever thought possible, I'm that person to get it done and help you make it happen because we got a short amount of time here. Let's make the most out of this time we have. Thank you for having me on here. Appreciate it, man. Looking forward to doing some more work with you in the near future and seeing what we can have happen for you too, man. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Mr. Sean Huber. Go and check him out. And while you're doing that, open a new tab and head over to ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com to find all of my shenanigans. The other interviews of Talking with Tarashak can be found there as well as all my other, other interviews for the Ambiguous Podcast Solution. If you want to tell your story on this podcast, make sure to reach out to me at will at APSpodcast.com. That's A-P-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T.com. And I will send you information on how to be on the show, what I'm looking for, et cetera, et cetera. As well as if you have a podcast and want to be a guest interviewed by me or Jared Laverne, Jared Laverne or anyone else from the Ambiguous Podcast team, reach out to us at info at APSpodcast.com to learn more. All the other things can be found out. All of our other services can be found at ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com. I am Will Tarash. That's T's and Thomas, A-R-A-S-H-U-K. That is Sean Huber. We'll be back next time with a brand new guest talking about who knows what. But that's the fun part, because you never know. You just take it one day at a time, and until then, keep, keep counting those days, and we'll see you there.